Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk NFL prospects yet again. We're in the middle of our uh, NFL prospect series, looking at all the position groups uh, as we lead up to the NFL draft. We've now come to the point of the conversation where Keith starts to get excited uh, and and shows up uh, yeah, with a smile <laughs> on his face to these shows. Uh, welcome in, buddy. Talking talk yeah. NFL uh, draft draft eligible tackles in the show. We're talking offensive line finally. This is my this is where where I um uh I get excited and I know that nobody else does. So, um don't I'm like I geek out over um blocking and I get that most people don't. So, we'll try and keep this short and not let me just ramble on forever. Um this is a, an interesting draft class at tackle yeah. because it's not deep. There is not a huge number of guys but those that are here could be really good. Yeah, interesting. Let's talk about Seattle first. Let's set this thing up uh, where Seattle is with their tackles. Uh, we know about the top. Where are we at overall? Well, yeah, so they've got the two starters in, in Cross and Lucas. They're, those guys aren't going anywhere. They looked fantastic last year as rookies, and they'll only get better. Um, when you have uh, – but they've got, a, they've got their backups too. They've got uh, Forsyth, who's their swing tackle, who can play. Um, both sides played a little bit last year. Um, Lucas got banged up a little bit late in the season. Forsyth came on, looked pretty good, like better than I think I expected. Um, and so I think they like him in that spot. And then you've also got Jake Curran, who is a guy that started not last year, but the year before at right tackle for half the season. And you know, he can run block with the best of them. Pass blocking is a different story, but he can run block like crazy. I personally think he should slide inside and be a guard, but um, I mean, he's still a viable backup at tackle because you could stick him at right tackle and you can move other guys around in order to fill in if you have a bunch of injuries. So uh, four tackles deep makes it, you know, unless you're moving current, um, you're not Which drafting a guy early. It's yeah. possible. I mean, Phil, Phil Haynes is up uh, this year as a free agent. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they seem to want to offer him one-year contracts at this point. Gabe Jackson, we all know about Gabe Jackson. He, needs, he also yeah. has a big cap number. Uh, diminishing returns is evident there. They may Boy, like to move on. He was straight up bad last year. Right. So it seems like Seattle's in the guard market this year, not the tackle market. But I think we'll talk about a few players here that maybe have an opportunity to kick inside. Um, well, and Curran is the guy that can – Curran is also a guy that can kick inside. Yes. And so then you – um, so you take you a guy that, in your own you roster like Jake Curran and you move him to guard uh, and he immediately takes over at your right guard position. I mean, that is an opportunity that that might be looked at this offseason. I kind of hope they give him a chance to do that. And I, if they do give him a chance to do it, I hope he steps up and wins it because I honestly, from what we've seen um, out of him, and he did a lot of guard stuff at uh, in the preseason and at camp last year. So 
we know he can do it. We know they've thought of it for him. Um, I just think that it's where he naturally belongs. Okay. So now that we've taken a look at our own roster, where does that leave us in the draft? How do we frame this conversation as the type of players we're looking for and where we might add somebody to compete? Um, you know, right now, I think Greg Island has been uh, on the practice squad now for two years. Jalen McKenzie is out there. He's another practice squad guy. I can't remember for sure if they've extended those guys to a futures contracts or not, but it doesn't really likely, matter. They'll likely come back. They're replaceable level type players. Yep. They could add somebody in the draft. Is there a roster spot potentially? I think there is because um, they, they like to have, um, they like to have five tackles especially when you've got one that can kick inside like current can are we looking um, and, for guys in this list that we're going to talk about today that can play four positions that like would guys be nice that, so both tackle and offensive guard yeah uh that would be nice guy that can can back up um guard and tackle just be that you, you know swiss army knife on the offensive line that another can, jake curran essentially maybe yeah um, and, but they're also looking, you know, when you're four deep, if you don't find that guy in the draft, um, you're, you're okay. You can go into this next season and not worry about it. And, um, so we're looking at, you know, sixth round, uh, guys, which we may not even get to in this draft because, um, there's just a lot of guys out there that, uh, are, um, <clears throat> you know, in this draft and, and getting through all of them, we, Seahawks may end up drafting a guy that we're not talking about. Sure. All right. So if Seattle does shock us, uh, and and maybe they feel like um, a guy like Abe Lucas is somebody that they would think might contend and, and might be able to be a long term solution at right guard on the team, would they go out and possibly select maybe a right tackle to 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 play that position. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but I don't think so. Um, he looked so good at right tackle last year. He looked like a long term, right? Tackle. And why mess with that? Yeah. I mean, the guy can just, and, and tackles more valuable than, than guard. And you can find guards much easier than tackles are hard to find. You need guys that are massive with long arms and, you know, quick feet. Um, how many, you know, 335 pound guys are you going to find with quick feet? Um, there's just not a lot of them out there. So, uh, yeah, you've got one. You don't mess with it. Okay. So let's talk about the tackles anyway, even though we don't need one. Uh, let's, let's talk about the group. Paris Johnson, I think is, is a player that we probably mm -hmm. want to talk about the, probably the, the first real true offensive tackle in this draft. Yeah. To me, he's the, he's the number one prospect out there. Um, six six three ten out of ohio state uh, a guy that has all the measurables everything that you want all the length um you know run right. blocks like Big crazy player. like just an absolute like mauler as a run blocker pass blocking is maybe a little um underdeveloped but there it's not he just needs he needs coaching and 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 snaps uh and that'll get better i mean uh i I've read a couple different player comps that put him to Charles Cross, uh, essentially as you know, uh, early first round guy with, that is a great run blocker and a developing pass blocker, but not mm -hmm. bad at pass block. You know what I mean? Um, and he, this is a guy that's only going to get better. He's he's really effective, and he's not like a like a technician. He's got a lot of 
room to grow as far as like little details within his game um, that NFL coaching will, will get him to do it. And as he does that, he'll only get better. I agree. And, you know, one of the things that sticks out for him too is his ability to, uh, you know, the leadership part of it, the mm-hmm. attitude, the, the finishing, the fire uh, that, that he shows, the power, the nastiness, all that stuff. I understand as well that he's his body type is able to carry uh, some more weight. He's been up as high as 330 pounds uh, playing at Ohio State, came in at 310 recently, uh, still runs a four uh, a 5.040 essentially. He's got those big, long arms, almost 36 inches, the big wingspan at almost 86 inches. The guy's just an impressive uh, human being. <laughs> Uh, at that size, and I think he's the first offensive tackle to go off the board. This is an interesting year in the NFL draft where I don't know that any tackles, well, you might see one, and it might be Paris Johnson. It could be somebody else that somebody else favors. Um, go in the top 10. Yeah, usually there's, like last year there was three. Three of the top 10 were offensive tackles, um, the last of which being Charles Cross. Um but in this one, I, I see Paris Johnson as the as the the true one um, offensive tackle prospect. That's that's top ten worthy. That's not to saying that we're not going to see a run on him in the first round, but it'll yeah. just be later than usual. Some folks have Peter Skoronsky out of Northwestern in that first overall tackle, uh, big board uh, player. Um, while he's impressive uh, physically, athletically, intelligence, all those things that you're looking for. He's a little uh, less long than you'd ideally like to have in a tackle, especially a left tackle prospect in the NFL. And so some, not all, inch arms. are saying that he might kick inside in the NFL. I, I'm one of those. 6'4", um, 32 and a quarter inch arms. That's not NFL tackle length. Um, does have great feet. Does have su- supreme balance. Um the most NFL ready tackle in this prospect or in this uh, draft class. He's, I don't think he's kicking inside because you can, a team can stick him at tackle right now and know that he's going to get the job done. Um, I don't think he's a high ceiling guy though. So he's a guy that's going to come in and be good, but I don't know if he'll ever be great because he lacks that length. He's also been extremely well coached at this point. He's a technician. His you know, all the little details, all the hand placement, all the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the footwork. So there's not extra steps. The, the, the little things that, that goes into being a good offensive tackle, he's got. And so he, as he's as good now as I think he's ever going to be. Um, the best thing that could happen to him is he went through a growth spurt and he's got 33 inch arms. Cause if that's true, I think you're absolutely right. If he comes yeah. in at 31 and seven eighths or 32 oh, on the butt, what what could happen to a player like this? If he has comes in with his it's thirty one and whatever, this is a guy that's being viewed as you know twelve or thirteen somewhere in in that range as far in the draft, and suddenly he's going to go down to like twenty six. He's going to suddenly drop. he turns into an offensive center prospect. <laughs> Maybe and I, I'm um, laughing, but I'm not. I'm not kidding. Well, it's going to be he's going to be a guy that someone will take expecting him to be, you know, the tackle because he's still a first round guy and you, but the tape is still what it is. Um, but they take the reason why he's dropping that low is because now you're like now you may have a hard time getting to, um, you know, get, keeping uh, the off or the defensive players off their chest. And so being able to like guys can outreach him and so they're going to be able to push him back before he can reach them. 
And so it becomes a situation where they're like, this may not uh, last. And so even though, yeah, he's got all this great um, tape and, and everything against elite, you know, NFL competition, he may just never actually um, become a, uh, a viable guy. And so he'll come right. in, start for a couple of years, move inside um, and be a surprisingly good guard um, or center, but you're typically not taking a guard or center that high in the draft. And so, um, yeah, if he comes in with really short arms, he becomes a, a guy that it's a risk for, for a team to draft. And that's why he'll, you'll see him drop. And now here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This is where I think Seattle gets intriguing to me with him because if he does drop, and and I kind of, you take a look at him, and he's just a shorter stature prospect he's he's tall but but he doesn't have the length and you can see that when you watch him on film and to me i think he projects inside uh with all those attributes he's still a highly coveted player um that you would choose you know uh guards go high in, in the draft and i'm not talking high high but you could see a, a guard going in the 15 to 20 range and if he's the best prospect at that position even and they focus on him uh, kicking inside, um, it wouldn't shock me if Seattle might be in play. You can still play a player like this um, at at guard, but he could also, in a pinch, go out and play tackle for you in, mm -hmm. in the NFL as well. So Seattle might yep. look at that with, with tremendous value. Let's just say at 20, a guy is hanging around at 20 like that, uh, or they trade back a little bit and he's sitting there. That might be an exceptional option for them, especially if they're in play for a guy like Osiris, Osiris Torrance. Um, or, or some of the other guards uh, at the at the at the top of the draft, John Michael Schmitz, for example. Maybe they see Peter Skaronsky as being the best center prospect, even though he never played center. Um, they 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 value him that way, and he goes higher yeah. than people think. I don't know if he'd be a center prospect um, at you know at that size, um, but to me, he's yeah. If he if he's got the shorter arms, I'd put him at guard. I put him at left guard. And you're right. If um, a guy gets hurt. Um, you know, and you can slide him from, from guard out to, to tackle and, um, he'll be able to hold his own out there. Nice. Um, and you could do far worse than having a guy like this who knows that position really well and is a technician as far as, you know, what he does being your backup. And you talk about positional value. Um, it's, it's where guys go at the, at the top of the draft at the guard position or center yeah. or ta swing tackle. 
um, when you're talking about being the best prospect in in the draft. It it certainly wouldn't be crazy for me to see this. The top guards usually go um, at the back end of the first round. And uh, I think Skaronsky is going to go before that because I think he's going to, he's an NFL ready tackle as far as, um, as far as what he does, you know what I mean? Like he may not have the, the arm length, but as he is an NFL ready tackle in terms of his knowledge and his, he's just his technical skill. So I think he's going to go before that. And I think then because he goes before that, he's going to be considered a, um, a tackle, but that doesn't mean that's where he's going to stick in the NFL long-term. So if Seattle was in the market for a a tackle in this draft, um, I think that they would be interested in a guy like Broderick Jones out of Georgia 6'4", 310-pound runs, uh, projected a 4.840. So mm-hmm. similar kind of speed and attributes that Abe Lucas had on the outside. Uh, this is a guy that's that's great combo block kind of guy, stretch zone um, type of scheme fit. I think and in, in, in a, a guy like that would be a great fit in Seattle if we needed oh, he a would starting be. caliber tackle. Which but which they don't. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's a um, – he's – a fantastic athlete for a guy who's 310 pounds um yeah which is yeah, right. he's the same he's the same height as Skaronsky, but his arms are like two inches longer um just to give you an idea of, of why we're talking about arm length um and this guy yeah. is gonna knock it out of the park at the combine this is, is this is what the combine is what a guy like broderick jones is built for so you mm-hmm. go watch him he looks great he doesn't have a, a lot of body fat he looks like a tight end prospect almost, right? And he's out there with all these other offensive linemen putting them to shame athletically. This is where guys get get excited, like for mock drafts and so forth, and he starts rising because teams can, you know, as fans, you can imagine having a super athletic tackle on your team. And um, where where does a guy like this end up in the draft, Keith? Um, Honestly, I think he goes, um, he's, probably the number two tackle prospect and so i'm thinking he's gonna go 14 you know somewhere in the or in the top half easy yeah. um i think he'll go after um john paris johnson jr um and possibly mm-hmm. before skaronsky mm-hmm. i agree i you know right in where seattle picks actually you know in the 20 range mm-hmm. um i don't know i think seattle, he'll go before but- that He'd yeah, Seattle's not gonna not gonna take him, but there will be a run. I think there will be a run on tackles in this draft, only because the 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 need is greater than the supply. Always, yep. Um, so the next one on the list is um, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, um, six five three fifteen uh, is a guy that uh, he just he is what you want out of a left tackle. He's a uh, he has the pass blocking skills and uh, experience as a pass blocker that you want. He just plays with natural leverage. Um, doesn't get re- pushed back. Am I reading it right that he has a 5.4040? That scares me a little bit. Um, I, yeah, I guess maybe that is. I mean, you're not expecting it. I don't care if an offensive lineman can run in a straight line that fast. That's very true. What's it? What's his five, what's his you know five yard split or his ten yard split? Because all they need is to be explosive at the snap, and then that's it. That's all we need. Um, but this is a guy. I mean, uh, he played for Oklahoma, and you know, I mean, that's a guy that allowed four sacks in four in three years. 
I mean, yeah. And, yeah, with not a lot of QB hits or hurries either. Just yeah, you know, very and, very solid prospect. And and played for a team that threw the ball on every down. Um, yeah, for for most of his time there. Uh, and uh, to me, he's an elite guy. And I know that that speed might scare you, but he's an offensive lineman. He's well, an Oklahoma offensive tackles guy. have done very well in the NFL. Yes, they have consistently. So. Um, so can we talk about our our second uh, Ohio State tackle already? Yeah. So this is a guy that showed up at the Senior Bowl in a big way, and 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 I, I mean that literally, <laughs> is that, right? Is that a pun there? <laughs> <laughs> Dewan Jones, Ohio State, six eight, literally six eight, three hundred and seventy five pounds. He showed up at the Senior Bowl, measured three hundred and seventy five pounds, but he looked agile. And he looked like he could, you know, hold off the edge against some of the, and he did, in fact, hold the edge against some of the fastest, most elite pass rushers at the Senior Bowl. Uh, guys that are going to go in the, in the first and second round, and he held his own and, and was impressive. In fact, uh, Jim Nagy called him the best offensive uh, line prospect at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I mean, he's crazy. Cause usually you, you look at any guy that's over about 360, and you're like, no, just you just don't. What was even the prospect him. that we had looked at from Minnesota last in last year's draft, Falale or somebody like that? Yeah, he just looked completely slow and cum- he was massive. Uh, but, yeah, he was massive, but he looked massive in terms of his ability to move. Um, Jones doesn't. He's huge, but he man, thirty-seven inch play. arms. He has an yeah. eighty-nine and a half inch wingspan, Keith. I know what. He's, what? He's just, he's a massive he's human just gonna being. He's going to be able to hold his arms out like this. And that's, <laughs> all, that's all he'll need to do is just walk yeah. guys around the, the quarterback. Yeah. No, it's, um, it, it, it really is crazy how big this guy is. And he's also only 21 still. Um, so he's a young prospect at that size. Um, and he plays with power, plays with speed at times, which is crazy. Uh, Literally, I mean, this guy is a unique prospect. So I, in, in 2022, he's going to go early. In 2022, he almost played 700 snaps, allowed four quarterback hurries. The end. Yep. No, no quarterback hits. Nope. Not a single sack while playing right tackle. He's a perfect right tackle prospect in the NFL. Oh, God. Teams are going to look at him and start drooling. <laughs> well, and just the run game. So that we were just talking about mirroring and, and, and feet and so forth in the past game. This guy's one of the most dominant right tackle prospects in the run game that, that we've seen in, in a few years, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at, at um, I, when we were talking quarterbacks here um, a few shows ago, I said it's really hard to um, evaluate Ohio State quarterbacks because the talent around them is so good. And we're already talking about our second Ohio State tackle. Um, the other guy's going to be probably the first one taken. And this guy's also a first round prospect on the right side. I mean, that's how good can, um, their can offensive you, line can, is. Can you imagine if you're a team and you draft this guy at right tackle and you draw a uh, draft Darnell Washington at, at the tight end position from uh, Georgia uh, <laughs> to be your tight end? I mean, your right side would just be completely crazy. That's a wall. That that's a wall. wall. Yeah, yeah. Your t- teams will be moving their elite pass rushers to the other side <laughs> of the line. <laughs> Um, to, to stay away from that. And the, the thing is you're moving them. They're moving to the other side of the line. That's where left tackles are. Left tackles tend to be yep. where the better, um, where the better pass blockers are. Anyway, that's, that would be crazy. That's funny. All right. Yeah. I mean, 
it would be fantastical to me to have a guy like this on the team. This would, if you draft, if you're Seattle and you're, you're going through your draft process, you know, as Seattle does and they get, um, maybe they pick up an extra pick in the, in the draft by moving down a little bit. And this guy's sitting there and he's clearly their best player on the board. Do they, would they consider a plan where they draft a guy like this and they do move, um, a guy that we've already got in, um, Abraham Lucas inside. I'm just, I'm just curious. I think if he's clearly the best player on the board, then other teams will have him as the best player on the board. And they're ones that have a bigger need at tackle than Seattle. And so Seattle can get um, a really nice trade package uh, for that pick and let someone else take him um, and get a bunch of stuff in return. Um, and I think that's kind of more if, if that ha- I don't see them taking a tackle that early because he's another he's a first round um, tackle. All right. Well, let's get into some, you know, second, third, fourth round guys that we can take a look at that may be in play. Yeah, so um, the next one would be Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, um, 6'6", 242. I mean, this guy's got franchise left tackle written, written all over him. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, both both played, you know, right and left in college. And in fact, he had 2,746 snaps at, at tackle in college at Tennessee. That's crazy, yeah. per, you know. Crazy. Really good anchor um, against a bull rush. You're not pushing this guy backwards. Um good drive you know in in terms of like as a run blocker if you need him to go straight ahead got the athleticism and foot speed to go wide with both as a pass blocker and in a uh, zone blocking scheme i mean this is a guy that um he's going i i I think he's right at the back of the first round kind of guy at this point i agree and guys like this tend to to rise up a little bit especially if um like peter skaronsky for example is deemed uh, uh a guy that's going to move inside guys like Darnell mm-hmm. Wright seem to will in, have increased value. I think to teams, um, the next guy I've got on my board is Blake, uh, Freeland, the, the BYU tackle six, eight, 312 pounds. So he's long and lean runs a five Oh 40, 34 inch arms, um, which is about the minimum you'd want to have for an offensive tackle at left, mm-hmm. at left tackle. He's played right tackle and left tackle in college gives him some uh, positional diversity. Yeah, um, so he's a BYU player, which instantly I'm always like, okay, take those and you move them down a bunch because um, they tend to be older, right? They have the most of their players do a mission and then they end up coming um, back before they play college ball. And so they're like 25 coming out. Um, And so I was like, oh, you know, I kind of, I'm not very good about, um, you know, looking at those kind of details until later. And I was really surprised when he came to the senior bowl and we were looking at him and he's not even 22 yet. I was like, Oh, so this is a guy I probably should have been paying attention to and wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been been trying to play, play catch up a little bit. Um, Nice pass blocking, like just technique and, and all that kind of stuff Um, fires off at the, at the snap and, and will get outside quickly. So that way he, you know, doesn't get beat around the edge. Uh, I worry a little bit that his his ability to that he jumps outside so quickly that um, the NFL pass rushers will set him up and then get beat inside. Um, but you know that can be taught. They they can. That's the type of thing that um, you know coaches can fix and that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Um, so one but, of the guys yeah. that I um, that I was looking at that I didn't even write down 
as an offensive tackle in this group is Cody Mock. It's a perfect example for me of a guy that I know for a fact is going to kick inside at the NFL level. He's listed as a tackle, played tackle uh, at North Dakota State or wherever he's from. Um, but he went to the Senior Bowl and played exclusively. Well, not exclusively. He did take some snaps at, at right tackle, but moved into the guard and center and looked really good doing that. So mm-hmm. he's not on my list at all, but he would be a player I think Seattle would have on their radar. As, oh, yeah. As a he's, guy that kicks inside. He's, he's on a lot of uh, NFL draft boards, but not as a tackle. He, the, yeah. He's listed as a guard. Um, and he that, that's where his, his future is. He is an older prospect. He's already 24. Um, and so, you know, he'll drop a little bit. Plus, he's going to be moving inside to a position that he didn't play in the uh, played college Correct. and North Dakota state doesn't exactly play elite competition. So there's lots of reasons why he's not going to be drafted early. I could see him going early around three, but honestly, he's got a lot of things to like. I like the way he played. I think Titan he's going to go six, earlier six. than that. He's going to, he's going to be like this year's Quinn Miners, uh, where he's now starting in the late, you know, third, fourth round, but he runs a four, eight, eight, 40, which is, you know, pretty fast for a guy that's 305, 310 pounds at 6'6". Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he'd be a solid pro prospect, I think even he though he needs with, some time. Yeah, I would say he plays with uh, surprisingly good leverage for a guy who's, um, you know, 6'6". He gets down under the pads of defenders uh, pretty regularly, and that's kind of rare for a guy that tall. Um, and so I... I think he's a, a really good prospect inside. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's continue the the conversation at tackle. Why don't you kind of go through, you know, two or three mid round guys that, that you kind of have your eye on. Um, so I'm kind of looking a little bit at um, Jalen Duncan. He's a guy that I I'm, I'm interested in, um, you know, it's six, five, only 33 and a half inch arms, which again is short for that. But um it's it, it hits the it hits the minimums um it was the guy out of maryland i think i didn't say that but um, strictly a left tackle guy yeah at, at least in college do you see him moving around at all i i don't know um i i see him sticking at tackle um he's more comfortable moving forward as a run blocker than he is moving laterally so i'm not sure if he's on seattle's radar because of the zone blocking that they do um, and his footwork's a little choppy for me, um, but again, this that to, both of those things can are things that can be coached, right? Um, he is um, very you, quick off the ball and and um, just a natural run blocker, in my opinion. What do you think of his pass protection? Because you know, like in 2021, he allowed seven quarterback hurries, two quarterback hits, and four sacks while playing left tackle. In 2022, I thought he regressed a little bit. 724 snaps allowed 16 quarterback hurries, four quarterback hits and seven sacks while playing left tackle. But yet here he is as the, you know, the, the fourth or fifth or sixth ranked offensive tackle prospect in this draft. What does that say about the, about the overall depth? of oh, this class? I, don't, I don't think he's that high. I would put him at nine or 10. Um, and it does say something about, I mean, I think he is a guy that you bring in. He's a he's um, a swing tackle, a right tackle naturally. He will play left, um, you know, because of injury and that kind of stuff. Uh, but you're bringing him in because he's a 
uh, a run blocker and because he's a prospect, someone that you think you can coach and make better. Um, he's not a guy that is NFL ready to come in and start and just be good and dominant. Um, you're looking at a guy that you want to develop into um, a good player. Yeah. Interesting. And there's um, a lot of these guys in this range are, are going to be similar. Um, another guy would be um, Zion Nelson um, mm-hmm. out of uh, Miami. Right. So he's uh six, five, three, uh, 16, 35 inch arms. So he's got, mm-hmm. you know, some, some natural length that you like um, very technical blocker does a great job, you know, and on all the little things um, speed rushers struggle to get around him because of his length and his, um, his footwork, but isn't the mauler that I think that Seattle would want. He's um, just doesn't have that like instinct of wanting to kill people. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that, I think it was like two years ago or three. Yeah. I think at this point counting numbers three years ago, he was only 240 pounds. Um, So he is still, he's still getting used to his body. (laughs) Um, The nice thing about him, I think Seattle would be interested in is he did play both on the left and the right in, in college. Um, And so the guy that could play swing would be, you know, that's where you start to look at Seattle being interested in guys. I think at the tackle position, if they can play multiple positions in this draft. What do you think of uh, Wayne Morris out of Oklahoma um, as a prospect? You're on mute. Oh, I keep doing that. All right. So he's um, 6'6", six, six, um, 317, 35 and a half inch arm. So again, got that natural, got that natural length that you want. Um, He's got high end physical traits, but man, is he kind of a work in prog- uh, progress. He is, um, there's a lot of wasted movement in his feet. So you, you see him um, take steps that aren't necessary. And I, I, that's something he needs, he needs coaching. He needs um, refinement. I think with refinement, he has a chance to be really good. Um, and his just mobility naturally, because he does have um, good, fast feet. He just, mm-hmm is almost mm-hmm. too fast with them in terms of how he uses them. Um, he's going to be a zone blocking, like superstar. This is uh, actually one of the time. prospects I like in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and possibly a guy that you could take a look at in the fourth round, maybe fifth, um, as a, a good scheme fit for Seattle. A guy that, that has the great feet, a guy that's uh, willing to be a physical player, a mauler a, a little bit, even at uh, just 317 pounds, I think. He has the ability, body type, uh, to be able to, to go up a little bit um, and, and add some weight and play right tackle in the NFL. Maybe left tackle, but I think right tackle would be a good spot for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the th- reasons why I like him uh, and like him like for Seattle is because he is going to, for non-zone blocking teams, right, teams that play that play power, uh, a power man style um, blocking, they're not going to have him on their radar. Uh, or if they do, he's going to be way down because, because he, he's not that like elite functional strength, um, you know, core strength guy that's going to push people forward and, and just drive guys off the line of scrimmage. He's more of a technician. He's really good at getting people to move laterally and, and forcing him that way. Um, he's a zone blocking specialist and that's, that's where I see him. So that limits his, you know, what teams are, are going to draft him. 
It's going to allow him to be um, out there later. I think he's a fourth round prospect. Um, ideally, but a guy that you could get maybe late for um, and then develop him, have him be your swing tackle to play both sides and, um, you yeah. know, get him a year of coaching and then see what, what, what he turns into. I, I'm very intrigued. I am too. I, and I think this is where Seattle considers somebody like that, especially if, if he drops into the fifth round, we've got two fifth round picks. We've mm-hmm. got some ammunition there to move up if we wanted to, if we identified him as a must have just as a guy that, um, could compete. Maybe if you're moving Cochran, uh, Kerhan, uh, in, uh, inside, and that's your plan this year, uh, to take yeah. over for Phil Haynes or, or even, uh, starting role. Uh, you could get a guy like this to come in and, and take over that role where he would be able to play both sides. Yeah. And so you end up with a situation where, um, Forsyth is kind of reaching that point where as a swing tackle, you know, he's about to get out of his rookie deal and therefore he gets a little more expensive. And do you really want to pay that much for a backup? And, you know, you start running into those things. If you can get a guy like this, you kind of reset the clock on, um, you know, having your swing tackle be a, uh, on a rookie deal. And so you can have him as your fourth tackle this year and move up to your third tackle next year. And, and it's kind of a good fit for him. Um, it, very similarly, uh, I would say um, Ryan Hayes, an offensive tackle out of yep. Michigan. Um, you know, this is a guy who's six, seven um, shorter arms for a guy who's six, seven th- at, at 32 and a half, which is, I think one of the reasons why I see him going to drop. He's a, a guy that is weird. He's, uh, he's awfully mechanical in the way that he blocks. Um, he doesn't have that just kind of natural, like, mirror and um just fluidity that you kind of look for as a guy that can um just adapt to kind of what the other team does but uh, you know he's still an athlete he can still move around uh pretty dang well um and if he could can keep his pad levels lower because he stands up too quickly um way too often but if he can get coached to keep his pad level down i think he's a guy that uh has a career as an NFL right tackle. Um, to, to me, this is a perfect example of a guy that needs a year of, of uh, putting in, in some weight training to get some functional strength. Cause I think that helps with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Those things that you're talking about that he's needs work on. Um, yep. And we'll see. Yeah. I like so, him. I, I like him in the same respect. I think Morris is uh, more ready to go right out of the gate, he is. but this is a guy that you would, take a look at in the fifth round or so um, yep. that, that could be a potential prospect for you down the road. And after that, now we're starting to get into yeah, the right. weeds here of this yes. because there, there are a ton of guys that are six, fifth, five, six, seven round um, guys because yeah. they, they're all very similar. They're usually either not quite as tall as you want, or their arm length isn't quite what you want, or they don't, um, they don't have the footwork to get and be a true left tackle where they can they can avoid getting beat on the outside. There's just a bunch of kind of interchangeable backups at this point. And it's hard to find guys that look like they're going to develop into starters. There's a lot of them. Too. Well, it's hard to get through all of yeah, them. <laughs> I think we had, no, we had a, a good start, a good conversation. I think that's, that that's plenty for us at this point at, at a position. I think where Seattle might not even draft anybody. I, they're going to draft a, an offensive lineman or two in this draft, I think. And I mm-hmm. think they're 
I think it's going to be at center and guard, but it wouldn't shock me if they end up drafting a tackle, if, especially if they go out in free agency and, and take a look at those positions and address those uh, interior offensive line positions uh, in free agency, especially if they're starter caliber guys. I don't know necessarily uh, what the, what they do in the draft. It's To me, the, the offensive line in this draft for the Seahawks is a complete wonder to me. Maybe you've got a better insight as to what they're thinking or what they would do uh, than I do, but um, I think I'm there's still... a lot of options for them and they know there's a lot of options. Um, they set, they really got themselves set up nice with last year's draft, getting Didn't both their starting tackles. Absolutely. I mean, um, and, and they, you know, Damian Lewis um, at guard, I think they still, um, he's still developing. He didn't take the step forward that I think you and I wanted after that, last, last after that year, rookie. Yeah. Um, his rookie campaign was good. And then, um, took a step back mostly because of injury um, was better this next year, but I still don't think as good as his rookie year. Um, and so we'll see what happens with him, but they've got to figure out center and right guard. Um, and they have options though, because you've got uh free agency, you've got the draft and you've got um Curran who could slide inside. So there's different things that they can do. And it really allows them to kind of, you know, not worry about reaching or overpaying, even though it's a high need for them. They've got to get a center. And if they can get, um, if they can get a, at least a draft hedge, someone like they did last yeah. year. Um, yeah. I think if they can bring back Austin Blythe, you could do yeah. worse. I mean, Austin Blythe is not great. We know he gets blown back by guys like oh, yeah. Donald, but everybody does. Yeah. He, but they like him because he's very uh, smart and instinctive player uses mm -hmm. leverage and so forth. He's an league average kind of uh, player, but he fits their scheme really well. And yeah. So, so, so if, they, if they can bring a guy in, whether it be him or someone like him, um, that means they don't they're they don't have that need where they have to go get a guy early um, at any of the spots because you can move Kerhan in. You've already got Blythe at center, and now you're just looking for, you know, can you upgrade Kerhan? Can you upgrade Blythe? Yes. Um, and if things don't fall right for you, okay, you're okay going into the season with those, those guys as your starters. I agree. That's that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, cool. All right, fun conversation. Thank you. I knew this was going to be a harder one because Seattle just doesn't uh, isn't perceived to be uh, mm -hmm. in the, in the market this year. But you just never know. Yep. Um, all right. Next next show gets a more interesting because Seattle needs a guard. Um, absolutely. Like yes. they've got to fix right guard because Gabe Jackson was great two years ago, but last year was not. And his cap number is huge. They have got to, they have got to get way more out of that cap space. Um, and that and, position. And Phil Haynes is unrestricted. So we'll see what happens there. I know Pete Carroll uh, favors him, um, but we'll yeah, see. We'll see. All right. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. Hit that subscribe button and share it. And uh, next time we'll talk about guards. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.